welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. It is great, Pastor Nick, Catherine, you know, built a great church here. It's an honor to preach in this pulpit and be part of Summer Fire. It's humbling to say the least of all the work that you put in. And, you know, I feel I came in and got the benefits of preaching at the Fire Conference after you'd done all the hard work and got it to that place. It's such an honor, and I pray with all my heart it will be on. It is, it is fed people all over the world what has happened from this church. It has rippled far and beyond. I just want you to know that this morning, but it's a joy to be here with you and to see you in the flesh. Um, it was such a joy after many years. I can't stop, sm- I can't stop smiling. Uh, walking about Cork, absolutely love Cork. If God ever released me, I think I'd be able to live here, no problem at all. It would be great. So, but, but here we are. I want to turn we, with me to God's Word this morning. I pray God will bless you this morning. I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 1 to verse 10. It's a description of Paul the Apostle, and he says this, It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who, who 14 years ago, whether in body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven, and I know such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. He was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hear from me. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buff me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this then, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might de- depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my weakness and infirmities and reproaches, indeed, and persecutions and distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The title of my sermon this morning that I felt the Holy Spirit giving me to speak to you, to strengthen you, to encourage your heart this morning, is when God answers your prayer differently from what you wanted. When God answers you in a different way from what you were asking for. We know that God is good. And God will give us an answer, but it might not be the one that we want. Paul here is describing an astonishing experience, a spiritual encounter, a lifting up, a supernatural encounter with God, an experience that lifted him up to the third heaven, unspeakable. He said, I can't even speak of the things I've seen. It was a supernatural revelation from God. And then the Bible says, that Paul says this, he said, something happened to me. He said, I was given a thorn sent by Satan into my flesh. And then he tells us the reason. He said, I got a thorn in my flesh, and the reason was this. It had a purpose. The the thorn that Paul had had a purpose. When God allows things into our life, it has a purpose. It's not for nothing. And Paul had a thorn, and it said that he should not be exalted above measure. Now, Paul was a man of God. He, he pleaded with God three times, God, take this away from me. And sometimes we're asking God to take us out 
and God is going to keep us in. Because it's not me getting out, being in a difficult situation. God may have placed you there. It's going to bring glory and honor to his name. It's going to take you to a deeper place in faith. Sometimes he doesn't deliver you out of stuff. Joseph had the favor of God on him. If I said this morning, who wants the favor of God on them? Come forward. He had the favor of God on him and it cost him 12 years. But God was with him. God was doing something amazing. God was doing a big picture. Something for his glory. Something for his honor. And there's a tendency. We want out of stuff very quickly. We want it out and we want it out now. We want the process. We live in a very instant world, don't we? Instant coffee. Instant meal, drive through, instant, everything's now. And Paul was given a thorn and he said, I pleaded with God three times to take it. And God said, no. <laughs> God said, no. This man never had lack of faith. He never had sin in his life. This was a man who had given his life, sacrificed his life. This was a man who denied himself, fought the good fight. This was a man who had nearly died for the gospel. This was a man who was shipwrecked three times. This man was a blazing fire of light for God, loved God with all his heart. And he said, God, I plead with you three times, take this from me. And God said, no. But God did answer him differently. God did speak to Paul. God does give him an answer. But it was different from what he expected. And when God doesn't take us out, when God answers your prayer differently, he's trying to take you into a deeper place of faith and trust in him. God did say something. He said this to him. My grace is sufficient he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You see, God takes the foolish things of the world, the things that are, that are weak. And there's a few things I want to say about that, because the world's all about power. I believe in power, and God wants to give us power. But how do you get that power? It's not by education, it's not by getting clever. It's by becoming totally dependent on God. He said, I'm going, to, I'm going to put a thorn so you don't get exalted above measure, so you don't think more of yourself than you really are, so you don't actually think this is you and not me. And there's a few things that weakness will do for you. In verse 7 of, of 12 it says, Lest I should be exalted above measure by abundant of revelation, a thorn was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buff me, lest I be exalted above measure. Number one, weakness will keep you humble. In James 4, 6, God says, I give grace to the humble, but I resist the proud. He said, if my people will humble themselves. He said to Paul, he said, grace will keep you humble. It will keep you going above measure. Paul, you've seen so much. You've seen the power of God move through your life. You've seen miracles. You've raised the dead. You're a powerful preacher in God. You've seen some incredible stuff. But it's all because of a, a humility. It's all because we're saying, God, befit you, I can do nothing. Weakness will keep you humble. It will make you give God glory. It will make you think if anybody gets saved, baptized in the Spirit, any kind of growth, any kind of fruit, you'll know it's not you. You'll go home and say, I'm an unworthy servant. God, it's all of you. Friends, that's the grace of God that keeps us there. It's nothing but grace that keeps you in a place where we don't lift ourselves up or get proud. And Paul, Paul was there. Paul gave him, God gave him a thorn and he said, grace, he said, grace keeps you weak, keeps you humble. And God gives what to the humble? He gives grace. He gives a grace to the humble. And then Paul goes on to say in verses 8 and 9, if you stay with me, concerning this then, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. 
Weakness keeps you dependent on God. It keeps you in a place of like John 15, 5, of abiding in God. He said, without me, you can do nothing. It keeps you in a place where you, you say, God, without you, I can do nothing. I have nothing to say. I would have nothing to give if it wasn't for your grace. I've no, I'll tell you, your, your own strength will fail you eventually. Your own strength, your own righteousness, your own goodness, your own determination, you will find that it will fail you in the day of trouble. The, the arm of the flesh is weak. Oh, you'll be strong for a while. You walk upright for a while. You actually think it's you. I'll think it's me. We walk in this. We say, you know what? I'm getting on okay until a crisis comes and the flesh will fail you. Even your closest friends, sometimes your closest family, with no fault of their own. It's like Jesus. He, he took the disciples with him and he said, could you not? He wanted human companion. He was going through the toughest time of his life. He wanted somebody and the flesh fell asleep on him. But I thank God for His grace, that there's a grace. I thank God that even in our trouble, God does not deliver us out of, but He's bringing us sufficient grace that makes us strong in every storm, in every circumstances, against every devil in hell. If God is for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. And bless His name forever. I will tell you how inadequate I am. I'll tell you how unintelligent I am. I don't want to stay there, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you about my weakness. Paul said, I will boast in my weaknesses. He says, I am nothing. There's nothing good about me. I'm rotten to the core, but he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. That's the church who God's going to build. Not the mighty, not the strong. There's not many noble. There's the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. They said you couldn't make it, but you did. They said you could never be a Christian, but you are. They said you would fall away from God sooner or later, but you never. Do you know why? The grace of God has saved you, and it's the grace of God that's kept you, and it's the grace of God that will take us home. Glory to God when I am weak. Are you weak this morning? Praise God. God, I can't do it. I remember years ago, I went in to speak to an old man, an old holiness preacher. And I said to him, I feel like a failure. You know, it was a bad day. I feel like a failure. I can't do it. And I was looking for some kind of a human sympathy. And he said, you're right. You are. I thought I've not had that counsel before. He says, you are. And when you learn that, Jay, that there's nothing good in you, that there's nothing about you, it's about Christ. He said, now go home and surrender your life to God and maybe he'll use you and maybe he won't, but it will be up to him. But there's nothing in you that can make it happen. It's all God. It's all grace. I don't know if he'll use you, but if you humble yourself under his mighty hand and say to him, go home, and say, without you I can do nothing. He can use your life. And Paul says, I am weak. And that keeps you dependent on God. And it's amazing, friends, we all get there. We're just plodding along. Uh, we've got all, as we get older, everything's secure. You've got, it's, it's so nice when there's money in the bank. You've got your health. It's just... You know, no praying as much, no reading as much, no thinking as much. You know, I can, I can preach. I can get away with it without prayer for a while. But there's no anointing. Power fails. There's no strength to overcome temptation and sin. Anxiety and panic gets in. And God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow, like he did with Job sometimes. He said, sometimes I'm going to allow something through because I'm jealous for your fellowship with me. I'm more interested in you being with me than materialism, than personal security. 
When's the last time you wanted to just be with him? You see, the one thing COVID did, it woke us all up a little bit. It really broke in to a machine. And God broke in. And we found out where we were strong. And we found out where we were weak. And it done something fresh in us. God uses stuff. I'm not saying God sent stuff, but I'm saying God uses stuff to bring us to a place again of utter, total dependency. Are you too strong for God to use? Are you too strong for God to use? You got it all together. Everything looks great. The smiles, everything's there. And God's saying, you need to come back to the place you say, God, without you, I can do nothing. When God answers your prayer, not the way you want, God, get me out of this. Ever prayed that? I have. Get me out. Get me out of this situation. Get me out of this pressure. Get me out of this. And sometimes God does. But a lot of the times, he says, my grace is sufficient enough. My grace is going to sustain you in that circumstance. Some of you are in, maybe, you know, your marriage is under pressure this morning. You're, at, you're in work. Let me bring this gospel right down to you. You're at work and you've got a boss or somebody and you just think, God, get me out of here. I feel trapped. And God says, no, I'm going to give you a sufficient grace in this situation. What I want is you to get victory in this situation. I want you to be more than a conqueror in this situation. I want you to glorify my name in this situation. This is not about you. This is about his glory. This is about his honor. And he said, I'm not going to leave you with your own strength. I'm going to give you a grace. I'm going to give you a grace that sees you through every situation. I'm going to give you a grace in your marriage when it's crumbling. I'm going to give you a grace. With that boss, I'm going to give you a grace at college and school when it gets too much and I'm overwhelmed. God said, no, I'm going to give you a grace, a sufficient grace. I'm not going to bring you out, but I'm going to put a grace on you where you'll be able to stand. Not only stand and survive, but actually be more than a conqueror. Friend, this is either true or it's not. We're either more than conquerors in every situation or we're just living depending on the circumstance. Oh God, when the storms come, there's a rock that we're standing on. There's a power that's unspeakable. There's a blood that never loses its power. There's a Holy Spirit who lives in us. Oh, hallelujah. What a savior. Oh, I feel a song coming on. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hallelujah for the grace of God this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. The grace of God. Anybody need more grace? You see, we're so busy fighting to get out. God said, if you're still enough, I'll give you sufficient grace. What you don't need is out this morning. What you need to say is, let me receive that sufficient grace. Which is, what is that sufficient grace? Paul tells us, when I am weak, I'm moving in. It's God's power. It's God's strength. It's God's victory. That comes through is sufficient grace. You know my story. You know, I was on drugs for years. I had a desire to come off, but no power. I had no power to change my life. Paul was a very religious man. Very religion. But religion won't get you to heaven. Good works won't get you to heaven. You don't have the power. You don't have the strength. That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for you. It's grace. The Bible says it's by grace you're saved and not that of yourself. And it's amazing, we start off in grace and then we try to finish it in works. We start off, we came with nothing. We had absolutely, he never, by the way, the Bible says that he, he, he chose us before the world began. We start off by grace. We never came with any good works. When I got saved in the back of a little Pentecostal church, I hadn't prayed to him. I hadn't talked to him. I hadn't fasted. But the Bible says, I've chosen you. He came and he found me and he saved me. It was all grace. There was nothing good about me then. And there's nothing good about me now. It's still all grace. What a tremendous place to live. Hallelujah. It's grace. I'll take the pressure off you this morning. 
It's not because you were good enough. You'll never be good enough. Keep performing all you want, but I'll take the... No, yes, grace produces good works, but we're not working for God's favor. We're not working for God's love. He decided, I already love you. That's all grace. Now, fellowship can be broken. You know, a father and a son, a father and a daughter. You can, fellowship can be broken between them. But it doesn't mean to say the father doesn't love the son. See, we don't know. We forgot about this amazing grace. I'm not a good Christian. I'll never be good enough. You got that right. Do you understand how freeing that is? Not to be good enough. The, the, the victory at Calvary's cross. Paul told Timothy, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. How much grace is in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? He said, come to me if you're weak and heavy laden. He's never going to cast you out. He is full of grace. He said he came full of grace and truth. I'll tell you, it's going to be easier at the throne of God than it is talking to some people who judges. It's going to be easier at God's throne because the Hebrew says, approach the throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. What amazing. Boldly come. Get strong in my grace. And when the devil says you're not good enough, point and go, I know. But let me come to the throne of grace with me. Let me tell you the handwriting against me. I've been forgiven. No record of wrong. It's absolutely clean. God has cleansed me from all my sin. He's threw them into the sea. So come with me to the throne of grace and hear my Father's words. I was saved by grace and I'll die in grace. It was grace, grace, grace. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. You know what it's like when you've got a child. You ever had, you know, you've got children, you'll know. Two-year-old in the garden. And you think, just for a minute, I'll leave them and run up the stairs, grab the ironing, come back down, and you do it. And then what do you do? You hear a scream. And you project yourself into a future that's not there. You're convinced you're going to a &E. And look, oh, he's broke his arm. Oh, I'm going to get the blame because I'm, oh, I've neglected you sliding down the banister. You're running through the patio windows. You jump over the door. You run through the fence. And there's a wee child there, like, I jam my finger. You're like, heart pounding. But let me tell you what you never done when you heard that scream. You never put it about and said, I can hear you screaming. But before I come and get you, let me see how good you've been this week. But a lot of Christians live there. You don't think he's coming. He can't help himself. I never fasted enough this week, so I won't bother calling on him. The devil goes, nah, that's right. Don't call on him, because you've not been great. And the father's like, I'm sliding down the banisters and running through walls. He said, call on me. No matter how sinful you've been this week, no matter how bad it's been this week. Because even when you hear your own child cry, you're not pulling out a rule book. You're like, I'm coming for you. Amen. Does he discipline us? Yes. Does he correct us? Yes. But let me tell you, he hears the cry of his children because it's grace. He said in Hebrews, he said, come and approach the throne of mercy that you might get grace in time of heed. Do you know what mercy is? Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. A, a mother came to Napoleon once because he was going to execute her son because he'd done something wrong. And she said to him, will you show mercy? And he said, he doesn't deserve mercy. And she said, if he deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. God owes us nothing. I am nothing. And I never will be anything. On this side. Or on the other side. I've discovered something. Grace. Amazing. Grace. A man wanted to come out of ministry once. He was in ministry for years and he said, God, I'm, I'm coming out of ministry. He says, I'm, I'm doing good and people calling it bad. I'm trying to build your church and I'm getting criticized. I've had it up to here. 
said, I'm getting, I, I can't even defend myself. I'm being crucified by the people. People are talking about me over there. Other pastors are speaking about me. Other people are talking about me. People are talking about me. I'm getting criticized. Every, 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 I don't deserve it, Lord. And God said to him, whatever they've said about you and whatever they know about you, it's nothing compared to the truth. Oh, grace. Oh, grace. <laughs> I can't promise you, like some preachers, he'll deliver you out of it. Oh, he does. He does. But I can promise you this. Whatever situation you're in, whatever season, whatever circumstances, no matter how horrendous and an enemy coming in like a flood and you're demented and you're at your wit's end, I can promise you this on the word of God. There will be a sufficient grace to get you to the other side. Hallelujah. I promise you, on the word of God, there'll be a sufficient grace to carry you through. A child who's went wayward and you're demented and you don't know where they are tonight, I can promise you, there's a grace that will see you through and you won't lose your peace and you won't lose your joy and you won't lose your hope. Some people get angry and bitter at God. You never answered my prayer. You never came through. Paul, the most righteous man, man we know, who walked in the grace of God. And God said no to him. My grace is sufficient. I'll tell you, sometimes he says no. It might not be what we want to hear this morning. I could have preached something different, but I'm telling you, when he says no, lift your hands and say, God, I'm going to trust you anyway, because you know better than me. And you say, thank God I never went my own way. Thank God I never took that road. Thank God he never answered some prayer. And thank God when he said no, because we wouldn't be where we are today. But you lift your hands and say, God, I'm going to trust that sufficient grace will carry me through. When the bank's gone low and the money runs dry and the marriage is under pressure, just lift your hands and say, God, I don't care if you don't get me out of it, but I'm re- give me all that sufficient grace to walk in peace and joy and rest. Grace. I've got loads of scriptures, but I won't read them out for time. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.5 and 2 Corinthians 1.9, he's telling a story. He said, we were at the point of death. We were, we, we, we were in despair of death. And then he says an amazing statement. Imagine that. He said, we give ourselves the sentence of death. In other words, he was saying, I'm get, we, we could get took out here. We give ourselves the sentence. He said, it was so horrendous what we went through. And then he says an amazing thing. God let it happen so that we would not rely on ourselves. How strange the ways of God. I'm like, you know, God, you could have just told us. But no. He said we were at the point of death. He said, so we would not rely on ourselves. God said, I'm going to win you off this world. I'm going to win you off you. I'm going to win you off every prop that can crumble until I'm the only thing you've got left. I remember a young man driving up a country lane once said, God, I've nothing but you. I've nothing but you. And the Holy Spirit said, say it again. He said, I've nothing but you. And it turned into a praise party because he had nothing but God. That's where he wants his church to be. Weak. Then he manifests his power. Weakness draws on God's power. Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. He said, when I'm at my weakest, I can draw on the power of Christ. Christ's power is drawn to me through my weakness. He can move through me. He can speak through me. He can do miracles through me. Supernatural things can happen. The preaching of the gospel, the power of God can move. The Holy Spirit can move if you're weak. So he said, Paul said, I found a power. That's why he said, I'll even boast in my weakness. Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. My weakness has drawn me to God's power. If you've stopped praying to him, then you've, you've weaned yourself off Christ. 
I don't need to pray. I'm okay. I'm doing okay. No, God says, I'm going, to, I'm going to allow storms to come. I'll allow them to bring you back to a place of total dependency on me. When you're overwhelmed, I want to tell you this morning, there's a sufficient grace to bring you through. When you're sick for long periods of time and you're old age and the tent is getting a bit withered and the legs are not working and the hips are going and the eyes are going, not everybody's Caleb who finishes strong. Some do. There's a grace. When you're on your deathbed, and you're lying in a hospital, and you're no young anymore, and you're in your 80s or 90s, and the body's, the tent is just withering away, I want to tell you, there'll be a sufficient grace to carry you through. When nobody knows you anymore and you're not the man of power for the hour and you're not the preacher of the year and you're not on, on some uh, you know, leaflet and you're not on a screen and you're not traveling and you're old and people say, who? God will say, to your old age and your gray hair, I am he who will take care of you. There's an abundance of grace from beginning to end. Even to your old age and your gray hair, Pastor Nick, when nobody remembers your name, when nobody will know who you are, God says, you're the apple of my eye. You have no energy left. You have not strength. You're not well known. You're not popular. Nobody knows you. You have nothing. You're lying on a bed. And God says, when you're weak, then I am strong. That is sufficient grace. It's God. Oh, you might know. When you're young. Oh, when you're young. If you came to me 20 years ago, I could have told you loads of things and helped you. Today, I'm empty of all that. Grace. Amazing grace. When you're sick for long periods and people are. Long periods, sustained sickness, there'll be a sufficient grace so you don't lose your peace in it and you don't get anxious in it and you don't panic in it and you don't get fearful. He said, my grace will be sufficient. I'm going to carry you through. When trials and temptations and battles come, especially to you, younger people here, and you're at college and everybody's gone a different way, doing their own thing. Everybody's, you know, drinking and doing what they're doing. You're thinking, I'm trying to live for God. God, am I going to make it? God says, I'm going to give you a sufficient grace to be able to stand in any situation. I'm going to give you my power. But will you remain weak? Will you keep depending on me? Will you go into a room and say, without you, I have nothing. When I got induction to my new church not long ago, I, I said this statement to him. Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is within you. And I said to this new congregation, I said, the best thing I can do for you is keep stirring up the gift of God that is within me. I said, because if I do that, you get him. If I don't, you get me. When we're too strong for God to use When you're in battles, in all circumstances, in all temptations, there is an amazing grace. Paul never got bitter at God. He never got angry at God. And I'll tell you, there's people on the hard shoulder of life, Christians who you probably know, said, God did not do what I wanted him to do. And I say to them, that's because God never promised it. He never promised the road wouldn't, wouldn't be hard sometimes. He didn't promise there wouldn't be difficulties. In fact, he says the opposite. In this world, you'll have many troubles. You'll have many tribulations. You see, Paul was walking with God. I think that's the one thing I think COVID did do. It proved this. Walking to church did not mean you were walking with God. Walking to church did not mean we were walking with God. I'm promised this sufficient grace if I, I'm living in the light. This is not a grace that makes you live how you want. This is a grace that says in Titus, the grace of God helps me to say no to everything that's ungodly. This is a grace that's life-changing if you walk in the light as I am in the light. It's a grace. 
all grace, all the grace you need for all the occasions you need, for all the work you need. Grace in time of need that we may obtain mercy. I don't have the answer to some things. You ever been there? But there's sufficient grace. I don't need an answer. I trust you. I don't need an answer anymore. I trust you. I'm perplexed about my future in my life. But I just need today one step at a time. I've got sufficient grace. Amy Carmichael said this. She said, I had a dream last night. I I denied Jesus Christ. And she woke up and she was nearly crying. She went, God, I, I I nearly denied you in that dream. And he said, my grace is not for that which will never be. My grace is for that which is. It's for now. Weakness produces God's power. Remember Peter, I'll die for you. I'll go anywhere with you. I'm not like the rest of them. I'm strong. I'll go where you go. I'll die for you. I'll do anything. My goodness, that was there, there. And I think he meant it. I think he was sincere. But God had to wean him off that own strength. He couldn't even talk to a servant girl about Jesus. He denied him three times. And he had to break him and remold him. And it was after that that he understood, when I am weak, then I am strong. And our own strength, we have no power to overcome. And Peter had to learn that lesson. But God raised him up to become a powerful preacher. Actually, a preacher of amazing grace. Weakness. God wants to win us off our own strength. And bring us back to the place of total dependency. Total prayer. Where you couldn't go a day without prayer. Give me my daily bread, God. I'm not going to make it. And if you think you will try it, I'll tell you, it will not end good. The enemy will let you go for a while, but I'll tell you, it will end in disaster. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. You see it all through the Bible. You see especially in kings, when they became strong, they had everything. And then they thought, man, look, remember King Nebuchadnezzar? Look what I've done. Look what I've got. Within, within a day, everything gone. A madman eating grass. And when he looked up, and humbled himself. Grace came and God restored everything. Let me tell you, if you just look up today, you've not even got any strength to get right with God. You've no strength to say, I'm, I'm sick of saying sorry. You've no strength in your marriage. You've no strength in your work. No strength in life. Can I tell you, if you just look up, lift your eyes, say, God, I just need you. I'm going to tell you, a shower of abundant grace would be on your life today. You say, I've sinned against God. I've stole, I've stealed, I've spoke about people, I've, I've lived my own way, and you know, my own way and my own strength has led me to a place where I've no peace, I've no joy, I, I, I just, I don't know where I'm coming or going. I'll tell you, there's abundant grace for you today. Weakness. I'm nearly finished, but let me just say this to finish. When we're weak, God gets the glory. God gets the glory. You can never say, look what I've done. But you'll be telling the great stories what he's done through you. Look what the Lord has done. That's what we'll say. Look what the Lord has done through these weak, poor lives. You know, we have this image of people behind a pulpit sometimes and preaching as if, I'll tell you, they're ordinary men. They're full of weaknesses. They're full of inadequacies. It's just men who found the grace of God and trust on it. Nothing more and nothing less. It's grace, grace, grace. In fact, we need to bring amazing back into grace again. Two Peter three eighteen says this. Uh, I'll read. <laughs> grow, grow. I continue to grow strong in the grace and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, if you're a man and woman, if you're a man or woman who will be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you, it's very hard for the enemy to get you not to approach God because if you approach boldly the throne of grace, you know it's all grace. You know you're never going to be good enough to approach it. It's always going to be grace. So you have access to God this morning through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So many Christians are full of condemnation because they don't understand grace. 
You don't pray because you think you won't be heard. But just like my son or your son, when they scream, you run for them and don't pull out some report card. That's my son, and I'm still his father. God gets the glory and God gets the praise. I'm going to pray in a minute, but I want to ask you something this morning. Are you living by grace or have you moved into works? Are you living by grace or have you moved away from it? Are you you living in condemnation this morning? I know that God is speaking to people. I was going to speak about walking with God this morning and and just at the last, not the last minute, but the last few days because I knew I was preaching. You know, I was up in the room about two days ago and I was looking at this sermon on grace and I just felt God saying you know I've got a people who need to know about this grace again it's so so freeing the grace of God God does not love you because you're good enough God loves you because he created you and he sent his son Jesus Christ to come and die for you he paid the price for you He got his son on a cross and said, there's access back to me. You can never make it on your own. Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Who needs grace this morning? Who has been asking to get took out of? And listen, keep praying that. God might bring you out. But sometimes you need to just lift your hand and say, God, I'll take your sufficient grace. I'm going to walk out of this stronger than when I went into it. If you ask me, one thing I discovered in COVID was a sufficient grace. I got a new revelation of, I've I've always known the new covenant, I believe in the new covenant, I walk in the new covenant, I never fell back into works, but I never drunk from this fountain of grace. I got a revelation of grace, and I thought, wow, I'll tell you, I can boldly approach, I'm so confident coming to the throne of grace. Because I understand grace. I understand grace at a new level. When you understand grace, you are going to pray so boldly and ask God for big things when you understand grace. You're going to ask him, he says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. You're waiting till you get in, everything's right. Everything will never be right. But if you boldly approach the throne and say, God, we're asking for Cork City. We're going to be, we've got the audacity to say that you could save a city. I mean, amen. Maybe we need a bit more about grace, but he could. He could. How's your life? Do you know the grace of God this morning? Are you free? Are you free this morning? Who the sun sets free is free indeed. It's nice to sing, but are you free? Are you liberated? Are you forgiven? Do you know the joy of the Lord or are you just hanging in there? See, you don't need to hang in there. I've made you more than a conqueror. That's what it's about. It's about grace. Hallelujah. Anybody need sufficient grace? Anybody going to lift their hands this morning and say, God, Bring me back to the place where it was so simple. Bring me back to the place with simple faith. I believe you, God, for great things, not because of me, but because of your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand for a moment. Hallelujah. I know you're probably not doing altar calls, but I'll probably ask you to lift your hand, so I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Paul, a man of faith, a man of power, a man of righteousness, a man of sacrifice, three times he asked them, and God said, no, I'm going to answer you differently. I'm going to leave a thorn in your side so you don't get proud. I'm going to leave something there because you've seen some great things. And Paul never said, no, don't do that, Paul. But once Paul understood, once Paul understood what God said, he said, I'm going to boast in my weakness. That's where God manifests his power.
Who needs that sufficient grace today? Who has said, who's going to say, you know what, I've stepped out of it. I've stepped out of it. I need to come back to that sufficient grace. I need to come back to where it's just about grace again. Now, I'll tell you, there's, there's definitely a lifestyle that goes with a name. I'm not talking about grace making you do what you want. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm talking about a grace that changes your life. Some people just need to know that grace this morning because you know you need forgiving and you know you need forgiving. You know, you're full of guilt and regret and shame and there's not a doctor in the land that can open it up and take it out. You need the forgiveness of God. Is there anybody like that here today and say, I need that grace? And you think, I was trying to work my way back to God. I was, I was a good person. And God said, no, I, I, I'll reject that. The only thing that's going to get you to me is accepting my son, Jesus Christ. Give him your life today. Give him your heart today and say, God, I want to follow you. Is there Christians here who've been living in condemnation? Yeah, condemnation. I've not prayed enough. I'm not good enough. So what the enemy does, it's like that kid crying in the garden. You know, you're thinking God's looking at the rule book and going, well, I can't come and get you until you get better. That's the opposite of grace. That's you moving back into self. God will reject your self-righteousness. He'll reject your works. Will anybody just believe that God's full of grace this morning? And come to him. Say, God, I need you. I've tried my own way. Only by grace can you enter. Only by grace are you saved. Not by human endeavor. Is there anybody here this morning? Any Christian, I'm going to speak to the Christians first to say, you know, I need freed from this condemnation. I've been lied to that God's not hearing me. I'm telling you, God has not got a list against you, Christian. He's your father. I want you to lift your hand right now and say, I need sufficient grace. I need sufficient grace. God bless you in the balcony and the people down here on the floor. Anybody else, just lift your hand and say, I need sufficient grace. I need sufficient grace. As the enemy came and accused you of stuff, put you into condemnation, stopped you, asking, oh, you're still praying, but you're not asking faith prayers, prayers that lay hold of God and he lays hold of you. Are you laying hold of God? Boldly, because of grace, child of God. Boldly come to the throne. Lift that condemnation and throw it at the throne of grace and get mercy this morning. Get mercy from your Father. Hallelujah. Somebody just throw it at the throne of grace in Jesus' name and say, no, I'm not living there anymore. I've been lied to. There is no condemnation this morning. Friends, I'm really serious. There are people here carrying burdens that you can't see with a human eye. Fears and anxieties, loneliness and despair. People here are thinking, is it worth staying alive online? You're looking and you're saying, is it worth that? I want to say to you, yes, there's a God who loves you. He's full of mercy and grace. Come this morning unto me, you are weak and heavy lady, and I'll give you rest for your soul. Come. Is there somebody here in a circumstance, in a situation, at home and in work, and you think, God, I've asked you three times, deliver me, but you've not. Now I understand why, Lord. Will you send your sufficient grace in that I can live above the circumstances and know what it's like to sing again and have peace again right where I am. I'm not delivered out of, but I can actually be more than a conqueror standing in my workplace, in the home. Is there anybody? Then lift your hand. And lastly, if you don't know Jesus online, if you're listening to me online or in this building today, if you don't know him and you say, I'm not going to make it in my own strength. I'm not good enough. But I know that God sent his son to die for me then yes, I want them in my life. I want them in my life. I'm going to ask you right now, up in the balcony, if you can, everybody can just put their hands down for one minute, if there's anybody here, and say, I need to get right with God. My own strength is, is failing me mentally. My own strength is failing me morally. My own strength is failing me 
I'm living in fear. I can't make it. I'm full of guilt, condemnation, and I need that forgiveness. Is there anybody? Then lift your hand right now. Close your eyes. Nobody sees you but me. Just lift your hand. Father, we just thank you for your grace this morning. It's a simple word, Lord, but it's a reminder that sometimes you do take us through stuff to bring us to a place of total, total dependency. Forgive us, Lord, if we've weaned ourselves off you onto materialism or money or somebody or something or depending on other people or, or saying, hey, they're my source of hope, they're my source of, Lord, you will dry those streams up because you're jealous. I want to thank you, Lord, for when you've said no. I want to thank you for streams you dried up that brought me back to the place of brokenness and saying, you're enough, you're all I need. So we commit ourselves to you today, Lord, and we confess, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand and we say, Lord, thank you for bringing us to the place constantly, a place of weakness where we can boast about our weakness and we can say, but I can't, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So thank you, Lord. It's been tough sometimes. Many people here have come through tough times, but they've found something more precious than gold, more precious than money, more precious than materialism. They've found sufficient grace. And with that grace came a peace that's unshakable, a rest that can't be moved, and a joy that can't be broken. So thank you, Lord, for bringing us to the place of weakness again. Thank you for allowing us to go through stuff. Thank you for trusting us. Lord, may we stay there, voluntary, as an act of our will, and say, without you, your church, and the men and women in it, can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.